This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Guys, head on over. If you have 10 friends, which if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine that might be at reach. <laughs> because I certainly don't. Uh, so if you want to get 10 people into the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium for only $100, it's called the Away Team Special. All you got to do is head in there, mention the fact that you listen to Star Trek The Next Conversation and Riker's got a sexy new beard and you will get up to 10 people in for only $100. It's the Away Team Special brought to you by Star Trek The Next Conversation, which is brought to you by Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood. Andy? Yes. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's a great deal. I've been there. It's uh, it's 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 a fantastical world of little <laughs> amazing little things. It's like beaming onto a brand new planet. A lot of nerd stuff in there. Well, I mean, they know their audience. Sure. They're advertising on this. Get in there. All right, guys. Here's the show. Podcast, the final frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Andrew Secunda. We're coming to you live from Sony Pictures Studios. It really does sound impressive when you say it like that, not like a little cramped <laughs> office where we barely have room for our knees. Well, we're in an office, uh, my office, which is full of guitars and my writing partner's desk. So Andy doesn't have a lot of space. Uh, I don't. But you know what? He's making do. And that's something. Something he rarely does. I, d- I, don't, I don't often make do. Most of the time, I, uh, I just sulk and... You suffer and through stew, things. Suffer. You see inevitable outcomes, and yet you still hope for the outcome that you want, I which am is not a, what it's supposed to be. I am a foolish optimist in my cynicism. I see every terrible thing that's going to happen, and I go, I'm going to still hang on to it. That way I can torture myself more when it doesn't happen. <laughs> Um, thank you all for listening. We had a big week last week. A lot of people coming. I hope you're, if you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, you're better than those people. Oh, I don't agree. I like the old listeners better than those crappy new listeners. That's what I said. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You do agree. Stop being just so confrontational, Andy. You know, I was trying to uh, analyze my issues. There's a hail about it this week. Um, and I thought uh, I might have dyslexia a small tad of dyslexia that a guy uh, theorized i've been uh, also theorized that yes. i think anyone who does a podcast is theorized as having some dyslexia because you go to a more uh, oral a-u-r-a-l yeah. kind of uh, art instead of a yeah and also every time anyone reads anything they inevitably mess it up which is what people point to in emails when they tell me i'm dyslexic right but also we're writers but yeah. we're comedy writers uh-huh 
I don't know. I don't know how it fits in. <laughs> anyway, it has nothing to do with my ADD, which I believe is a separate issue. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff. Uh, some people said the episode was quiet last week. Uh, you know, to which I, got- I say. You know what? It was mediumly quiet. I looked at the waveform. Uh, I have gotten complaints in every direction. Uh, not complaints. Just nice people saying. Some people saying that the music was too quiet. Some people saying that I was too loud and that you were too quiet. And then the reverse. Whatever the case. Well, so actually, people might not know, might not be able to differentiate our voices. So they might always be thinking of the one person. That is, uh, I think, a frequent problem. And I don't think I, I said this uh, um, in the last weeks because we were sort of rushing through. But um, when we were talking about um, the sound effects, uh, you were saying that it was a Bantha sound. And you said it several times. And people accused me, a Star Wars fan, of making that mistake. And I was not saying that. I said sand people. Matt doesn't care as much about Star Wars. No, I don't. And, so. and uh, the fact that I got it wrong just the adds fact that even to my came Trek up with Street cred. With even the specific Bantha, you should be giving him credit for. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. Um, also, I used to shoot Womp Rats. Romp, womp Rats? Womp Rats? Yeah. Womp Rats. Yeah, and your T-16 back home. Yeah, of course. Good job. I mean, that's why I can hit a hole that's two meters long. <laughs> So go fuck yourselves. I don't know. Long, wide. The point is, I've seen Star Wars a billion times. I was thinking about naming my production company Two Meters Wide, actually. Oh, that's pretty cool. But I went with something else. That's pretty cool. Um, While we're on the topic, I don't know. Should we just get into it? Let's just get into Uh, it. Sure, let's get into it. Okay. Go to leave a five-star review. Enjoy me. Matt, what's the Admiral's Club? Admiral's Club is where you are indoctrinated into Starfleet by leaving a five-star review, and you're come hot with the rank of Admiral. If you leave a five-star review on iTunes for this podcast, you could be in the Admiral's Club. And just because we forgot it, just uh, because it'll be funny to hear right at the top of the podcast, should they watch the Royal Royale, Matt? Uh, I mean, it, oh wow, it's the Spock's brain of... of of next gen you know what i mean like it's something that you just have to see to believe sometimes Mm -hmm. so my answer to that is if you want a campy all right time watch the royale wow i feel like that's just you being a contrarian coming up with that (laughs) no i think it's like one of those episodes you describe it as a steaming pile of shit it's It's okay so So it's just you gotta see you have to see it all right fair enough all right our first um admiral's club entry is from cowboy centaur Awesome name. The 10 Forward Club, period. Uh-huh. Dear Admiral, I thought this was entertaining. Uh, Nikayev, is that a. You know who that is in there? Mm, no. Dear Admiral Nikayev, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole voyage in the Beta Quadrant for whatever it, it, it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write a ship's log telling you who we think we are. You will see us as you want to see us in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a mechanophile, an incredibly incompetent transporter chief, a physician with a learning disability, an empathic plot device, <laughs> and uh, a sociopathic mastermind. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Ten Forward Club. Hey. Playing on the Breakfast Club. Delightful. That's great. Ten Andes from Osu Hobbs. Listening to Matt and Andy break down every episode of my favorite childhood show is a delight I never knew I was missing before. Snark Theater deserves its own podcast. People loved Snark Theater. Too snarky. 
Well, you should make a segment. That's what I've heard. <laughs> is it, is it, really? No, no, just about me no. in general. Oh, well, that's certainly. I mean, it's probably why they like it. It's finally framed. I mean, some Your of the natural people... personality finally has a justification. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm so snarky. Their humor and wit make watching even the worst episode of Trek an enjoyable romp. Well, we'll, well see. We'll see. <laughs> and the last one is Odd Couple from Smack 444. Matt and, Angie, I, Matt and Andy, I enjoy listening to your interactions. Matt, with an encyclopedic knowledge of all things Trek, or at least a slightly updated Wikipedia page. And Andy, absent-minded <laughs> as an adult caregiver, a practical nurse heading for her smoke break. So that was hilarious. Uh, you have both contributed to several hours of Trek bliss as I have uh, returned to rewatch uh, TNG, skipping four and below. Oh, well, so you're not really watching anything yet. <laughs> um, finally, a justification for CBS for All Ebola. Access. That's funny. Um, and on the CBS All Access note, um, we uh, we also got a lot of uh, perspectives back and forth about whether we should be mentioning Star Disco. Trek Discovery. Yeah. And um, I kind of feel like minimally, if we are going to talk about it at all, I definitely felt bad because I dropped a couple of spoilers last week. And, and there was some, there's something about people in England being behind the curve on They're it? behind a day. Uh, they don't get Discovery until Monday. Um, so well, theoretically, you could just... Theoretically, sure, you could lay off the podcast. But I think we come out midday there, so on Sunday, due to the time change. Or rather, we come out... When do we come out there? We come out... Oh, in the middle of Monday. I don't know how that works. Point is, if you're listening to this before you're watching that, I totally get it. So, I feel like maybe we should lay off. Although I do feel bad that I, because I have I some don't. opinion. Listen, we're a TNG podcast right yeah, that's now. That's true. We'll be a Discovery podcast in 17 years. I wish there was a bonus podcast we could do to separate it. But well, there would Matt be if I had time. I don't have time. No, I know. But also, you're not really. A, it's not really that kosher for you to be doing your after track sure. thing and. Listen, I don't watch, think people want to. Uh, if you watch After Trek, you, you know how I feel. I don't think people really want to hear a bonus podcast with just me talking about if it. If I'm talking about something I like on After Trek, it's because I like it. If I'm not mentioning something, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, um, eh, never mind, I'm going to drop that one where it is. Um, United Federation of Planets President Circle. Um, oh boy. I'd like to get your take on this, Matt. Jake, Jacob Coburn sent us. One cent, and hey, he, he said, you're in, "Here's buddy. a penny. You're welcome." My feeling was that it was almost like leaving a cent as a tip, and it's kind of insulting. And so maybe it should be, maybe it should be like you need to pay at least a dollar to be in the president's no. circle. No, no, okay. I, cent. I, I appreciate his loophole. He figured out the Kobe Mashing Maru. All right. Um, I don't like uh, I don't like uh, giving this guy calling this guy president who's uh, who's giving us a cent. He's but in all the right. circle. He figured it out. All right, you're the captain, it's, Robert. It's hard to manipulate and become president when you have no qualifications to be so, as we've all learned. <laughs> uh, but he gave us a penny, so hey, you're in. You're the new Trump pal, Robert Garrison. Sent you uh, seventeen dollars and one cent. Love the podcast. Look forward to it each Monday. Thank you so much, Robert. Um. And is this a... No, this is not a prime corrective. So we're uh, done. Oh, done. wait, no. We're, we're done with the Admirals Club. Great. That's the Admirals Club. Uh. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. Now, I, I was under the impression that we weren't doing hails in this five-week period of the rest of my time. I prepared them because I didn't know how you would feel in the moment. So it is... Uh, <laughs> 
we're 10 minutes into this podcast already and we have a lunch break to do this that is a, the problem all right i'll i'll skip over some and i'll just keep it simple all right it's not because we don't want to kids in the episode uh, Contagion, when the portal opens and is switching from different locales and Worf is reacting to it, they use an image of City Hall in Toronto, where I'm from uh, and live. So fun. Azad. Uh, and we heard that from Darnell Smith as well. Um, uh, so I just thought that was uh, an interesting little piece. I love Toronto. <laughs> where they're shooting discovery right now i would love to go to toronto never been there oh it's hey, a great city love hey it. guys love the podcast i just wanted to let you know that the theorem proposed by fermat firma that picard said wasn't solved 800 years later he only jumped the gun by 370 years it was actually solved in 1995 by andrew wiles oh shoot a british mathematician it took him over 20 years jesus over 20 years that is commitment it's from annalise in texas cool um and uh, let's see. The last one is, uh, hey, Andy, I totally know how you feel, man. I have a terrible time with the lady's name, Taylor. He's talking about uh, my pronunciation of... Bo, bow. Bo, bow. Bo, bow. Bow. Um, he says T- Tyler, which is a man's name. I have no idea why it is with only his name uh, that I do this. But I, it makes for awkward interactions with my friend Taylor. However, I am dyslexic. Do you, did you know that dyslexia has little to do with getting numbers and letters mixed up and far more to do with how your brain processes information? Mm. Anyway, maybe you're a little dyslexic. Nothing to be ashamed of. I would be happy to send you more dyslexia information if needed, Chris. You know what? Send it. If anybody has a test that I can take. Andy's always looking to explain what is wrong with him. Anything that allows me to go, yeah, but I'm accomplishing this with this extra thing the man likes an excuse i sure do um and uh that's it that wasn't that painful was it matt uh it's not the pain it's the, the time. time that's it cool well here we are we are in the uh we're in the we're in the shit guys uh Watch this episode of Star Trek After Trek this weekend uh, because we have uh, Jason Isaacs and Doug Jones on. Fun. And uh, I hear Jason Isaacs is a handful, and I'm looking forward to it. Which one does he play? Captain. Lorca. Oh, he's a captain. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm an episode behind, honestly. Sorry. Cool. Because uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not a Discovery podcast. And we also have Gretchen and Aaron, who are writing partners and EPs on the show. Oh, fun. It's an exciting time. So if you... It's great. But we did advertise that our one of our, our listeners... Um, I remember his name was Noah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I met Noah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, Mary, his uh, girlfriend, and... Uh, she, gotta, I gotta say, they're both... Was she on the show fucking, this weekend? This week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Huge. All right. Awesome. Andy, you got to watch. I got to watch. Uh, instead of seeing Blade Runner at 11 p.m. <laughs> I said I did see it at 11 p.m. on a Thursday, maybe stay home, watch Star Trek. I was all excited to see it on the big screen and see it opening night. And then I realized this crowd is going to be as silent as a peep during Blade Runner. This ain't like Star Wars. <laughs> what difference uh, does it make when I see it? But I, I will say Noah uh, is a delight and Mary is just so fun she was really fun to talk to and and her character is i like her character i think her character is like super brings levity when you're like oh you're a normal human being 
I look, that's what it feels like when oh you're great yeah. does she have a little bit more humanity than the other the other folks yeah oh great I'm, I always love that uh, neuroses <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. That's that's the kind of thing that I wanted more in Star Trek. That was, I think, one of the things that put me off about uh, Next Generation originally. Sure. Um, um, speaking of Next Generation, Andy, we're here to talk about uh, what I would call one of the best worst episodes. Oh, before you get into that, we oh, haven't done this I, day in I Trek, lied. and it's uh, well, you know, it's a good one. This is how we do it. I'm doing it correctly. Oh, okay, great. I say we're talking about the episode, and then I do the following. I say we're talking about the Royale production number one thirty eight, aired the week of March twenty seventh, nineteen eighty nine. Andy, what was happening then? Eternal Flame by the Bangles got a good one this week. Oh, you love the Bangles. I do love the Bangles. I love the Bangles. I love the Go Go's. I love all strong women groups. <laughs> You like a you like a you like a lady led group. I do like a lady led. And I group. like a Susanna Hoff uh, model Rickenbacker guitar, which was a limited edition they put out in the late eighties. And uh, was it was know, it regular size? Once. She's a diminutive person. Uh, she plays a Rickenbacker three two five, which is the same guitar John Lennon plays, which is actually a three quarter scale guitar. Oh, interesting. So there you go. I'd like a small guitar someday, buddy. If you dream it, it can happen. Matt's supposed to find one for me. So pretty. Do you understand? Okay. Uh, the Bengals are leading the U.S. pop charts while in the U.K. Too Many Broken Hearts by Jason Donovan was on top. Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses gained popularity due to its media attention as the target of a fatwa. And Flesh Lives enjoyed its second <laughs> week. Wow. <laughs> a terrible movie hung in there at the box office. Generations, the uh, ironically, the first network soap opera to feature ooh, an African-American family premiered on NBC. New York Mets pitcher Matt Harvey, a.k.a. The Dark Knight, was, was born. born. Crazy. Uh, Rain Man won for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director at the 61st. Academy Awards. And lastly, Time Magazine's cover was Is Anything Safe? How Two Tainted Grapes Triggered a Panic About What We Eat in reference to the 1989 Chilean Grape Scare, which I have no memory of whatsoever. Wow. Uh, all right. That's where we were in the world. And that's some lovely classical guitar from the Bangles. Uh, directed by Cliff Bowl, written by Keith Mills. Here's the deal, guys. This is quite an episode. Here's the plot. Puzzled by the recovery of a chunk of 21st century Earth spacecraft, Worf, Data, and Riker beam down into the middle of the lone structure they find on the nearest uninhabited planet. After passing through a revolving door set in an otherwise black void that cannot escape from what appears to be a resort casino named the Hotel Royale. Bizarre scenes now unfold before them. A cliched love triangle. Gamblers who invite the Starfleet men to join them. And finally, the discovery of a 21st century American astronaut whose remains are in a hotel suite. There, Data also finds a book entitled The Hotel Royale, and the pieces of the mystery begin to fall in place. By reading the astronaut's diary, the away team learns that the aliens found his disabled ship and created a world in which he could live out his life. Unfortunately... They use the badly written pulp mystery as their model. As the love triangle resolves itself, again, with a mobster gunning down a bellboy, the trapped crewmen find a way to break the time loop trap. 
using the novel's ending, in which foreign investors buy the Royale. Data returns to the craps tables and breaks the bank, angering the casino characters, but allowing the away team to beam up. <laughs> now, does this count as a bottle episode? Um, or there's so many no. locations down there. That I mean, they're 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 on the ship. They're down in the hold. They're in the you know. Then the the casino set itself is like you're in the hotel room. Right. Fair there. enough. <sighs> I know, don't know. What's interesting is that at the teaser point, I'm like, well, I don't know. Oh, here, you want to get started? No, no. <laughs> Keith Mills. The name of writer Keith Mills is a pseudonym for Tracy Torme, who removed his name from the script after Maurice Hurley objected to its surrealism. Uh, yeah, well, he he. Well, this is another thing that I, I got. We got to get Tracy Torme on this con this uh, sure. podcast because I have you met him? No, because he is the prisoner fan. There's a, a prisoner reference is abound in Next Generation. I'm obsessed with the prisoner. Patrick McGowan's a prisoner, and he wanted this episode. I, I found out to be like the prisoner, mm-hmm. have the guy be alive, and also my understanding is that he wanted it to be, which would have been a far better plot. That it's the these uh, we find out that the aliens obviously have transported him and they've created it from the his, this this environment from the book. He wanted it to be that they created it from this pleasant memory that he had. But to relive this pleasant memory over and over again becomes a nightmare for the guy. Yeah. Which is so much more interesting. Yeah. And and he wanted it to be very prisoner-esque in terms of it's like a happy feeling thing that's kind of nightmarish. That is a lot. That is That does sound uh, a lot better, Tracy. Yeah. So, Andy. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do this with a little Captain's Log action, shall we? All right. By the way, Captain. Yeah. Uh, my apologies for uh, we I, we just didn't you think we would have time. Interrupted the captain. I, sorry, Captain. <laughs> just don't you don't want to do that on a ship? It's crazy, Captain. Uh, no. I, I have a captain's log. Captain, I'm sorry. Seconda. I have a I have a thought. I'm I'm doing did my you, captain's log. Did you? This, is your I'm tea sorry, working? This has to go. I just wanted to check the, if the tea is working. Seconda. Because, yeah. Get off the bridge. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> um, I forgot the. Uh, I guess you had your little sketch just then, but I, we uh, we didn't really have time for a sketch this week. We didn't know if we were going to have time in the podcast. It's a minute. Uh, the sketches take a little more lead time as far as um, production goes. Uh, um, I'm going to try and do as many as we can. So yeah, that's. Uh, but it may not be a weekly on. thing. Here we go, Captain. Could you continue your log, please? Stardate 42625.4. We're entering orbit around the eighth planet in this previously unmapped Theta 116 solar system. We diverted from our scheduled course when a passing Klingon cruiser reported discovering pieces of a strange vessel in the upper atmosphere of this planet. We have come to investigate. Nasty. Nitrogen, methane, liquid neon. Surface temperature minus 291 degrees Celsius. Winds up to 312 meters per second. Not exactly a vacation planet, huh? Uh-uh. <laughs> Riker, always, always thinking about Riza. <laughs> 
This one's not a vacation planet either. Yeah, no, I know, Riker. We're just on a mission. First officer's log, stardate 4262.5. We have yet to find a vacation planet. We've been at space nearly two seasons now, and I, I fear that I'm running myself ragged through this crew, and I really need a vacation planet. There was not a single scantily clad person the entire mission. In fact, it's gotten to the point where the holodeck won't even turn on for me. <laughs> uh, so, Andy, I gotta ask you: What are your, what are your, what are your, what were your thought? I mean, this is an episode that starts out so promising. Well, that's the thing: the teaser, so is cool, so great. The the piece of the NASA ship, it's scary. I think it's just totally radical. Here's O'Brien beaming it aboard. We've locked onto something with markings on it. What sort of markings? Uncertain. Energize. I'd want to. I'd want to view a containment field around the engineering. I mean, yeah, around the is, transporter bay. That is a bad if I'm move. beaming up a broken part of a ship. That no Looks like knows. a prop of some kind. Do you think that's wood? I would have to assume. Yeah. We've got ourselves a little puzzle, number one. Sir, I guess we have. And the music you're hearing is is the zoom in on NASA. Technically, uh, it shouldn't be that I think they should be like, cool. Right, yeah, that would be amazing. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Look. (laughs) Neat. We don't need vacation planets. We got some NASA. (laughs) mid 21st century no 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 earth ship of that time could have traveled out this far nevertheless that is what our tests indicate and the markings we discovered are consistent with this hypothesis any indication of what destroyed it data that is even more significant than the object itself counselor on several of its surfaces the molecules seem to have disintegrated disintegrated how almost as if they were hit by a weapon from our time Curious, I'm curious. Captain, we've detected a large structure on the planet. Oh boy, large structure. Situated on a plane of frozen methane. Smack in the middle of a tremendous storm belt. It's... Doesn't it look like the outline of a hotel? Like, it's got the, the, oh. the spires on either side of it. Um, I didn't say... And, I was mainly uh, going to just comment on... These are graphics... From the late 80s, early 90s, and I think they're totally legit. Late 80s, bro. Late 80s. Um, it's, uh, they've never had a problem with their That's Okuda, aesthetic. right? Uh, is this all his doing, or is it, is it's a it lot also of his the doing. effects? Just the aesthetic is so genius. What do you think about the fact that the, they're just sending three people down to that inhospitable planet? <laughs> We did have a hail of readings. Uh, I think you. I, I I feel like you'd want to send people down in an EVA suit. Oh, definitely, always. Yeah, just to be sure. Like yeah. I know we got the readings, but or send data. It, that's also true. Or as we've discussed in previous episodes, figure out some drones and just send some drones down to look around, and then that's it. Sure. Um, there was a, we also had a hail uh, about uh, XOs and sending commanding officers down from a Navy man if you want me to do an incoming hail at some point. Uh, I mean, it was a question we had. I might as well answer it. All righty. 
Let's just see. Where we don't need a sound cue for this. I think we do, Matt. We really don't. Matt, Andy, really we're in the body of the show. We don't need a sound cue. I really feel like it's it taking might your be time a to find thing. it, and I think we don't need it. Captain, incoming message. All right, now we all feel better, don't we? <laughs> That's a new sound. Uh, we just don't use it that often. Great sound. Um, well, uh, the hail is from. Here it is. Um, <laughs> I can see why you're dyslexic. Oh, damn it. Oh, gosh. What a vamp. Vamp? You want me to vamp? Uh, listen, they're beaming down to Found a... Found pl- it. Oh, okay. Andy and Matt, I'm a veteran of the United States Navy. You brought up the quandary of the COXO uh, leaving away on away emissions. Uh, unless uh, the other ship slash space station slash planet is known to be a direct ally or a very friendly and safe location, the CO and XO would never be part of an away mission. Uh-huh. If it is a destination where the safety conditions are unknown or worst uh, known to be hostile, not even a department head would be allowed on the away mission. I served aboard a, a destroyer, and we were often tasked with, tasked with anti-piracy missions around the Horn of Africa. Cool. Mm. I want to hear more about that. Uh, this entailed that we often had to board known pirate ships, suspected pirates, and pirate victims, which is uh, similar in a lot of ways to the way missions on Star Trek. Our board team was almost exclusively enlisted men who, on top of their regular duties, had been given extra combat duty training. Cool. And uh, one lower-ranking officer to command the team, usually a lieutenant, junior grade, or lieutenant. You would not ever risk sending a high-ranking officer until the area had been secured. It's utter madness that the way teams on <laughs> Star Trek are mostly high-ranking officers um, in general. It's utter picks. madness. Uh, officers doing work and filling roles that are generally uh, to be carried out by enlisted personnel, Love um, it. et cetera. Uh, and that's from uh, Jeff. Uh, thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. I love this information. Uh, all right. Communications work when they beam down immediately, but... Door. How do you feel about this antique door? I feel like... The structure must be... You know, I guess if you're saying it's all built from it. the book, then I buy it a little bit more, but it did seem Enterprise. like it was this just not Commander an Riker. aesthetically organic choice. This is an unusual place. Completely calm. Like, why is it a, just no sound, an abyss no that they're walking around on a, a floor outside? Storm is well, my question is why... I mean, antique door? You have to call it an antique? I guess if it's over uh, 200 years, I suppose I'd say. Oh, you're just saying the phraseology. I'm just saying the... You know, my big pet peeve of Star Trek is that they refer to uh, the West as the ancient West. Right. You know. On that note, later on, uh, Worf refers to the elevator as the turbo lift which is funny um and then none of them seemed to know to push the button isn't that something that kind of the buttons don't they exist even in in a tos time no there's no button in tos it is a but it is a hand turning thing when you get into the turbo lift on the bridge of the original series enterprise it's a turning thing yeah there's no button the door opens automatically Uh uh-huh I think they're more confused not by the how to work the elevator once they get into it. I think they're more confused by why the door hasn't opened. <laughs> I see. You know what I mean? I mean, you you think about for it though. A turbo you, lift, don't you? Well, yeah, sometimes I suppose. In Star Trek Two, uh, Savick reaches over and and stops it with a button. I, it's inside of it though. 
We're talking about their actions outside of the turbo lift. Uh-huh. Boy, oh boy, Andy. Any information about the structure? Yes, sir. There's an antique revolving door. It could be an entrance. Revolving door? <laughs> Number one, proceed with caution. No. Yes, sir. I'm not going to. Well, this is what we came here for. It's Captain, we're entering. Gas. The head nod that Riker gives that, I'm sorry, that, uh, Patrick Stewart gives there is a head nod almost as though that was the last take and uh, I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of this whole section. There's a lot of back and forth between him and Riker on the communicators that are just like, what's what? Why are we spending time on this? He's just telling him to do the things that he would definitely be doing anyway. (laughs) You can also see the the black box theater floor outside the revolving door. I'm telling you, this should be my favorite episode Star Trek's ever made. I love away teams and I love casinos. I don't want it to be a memory. I want it to be a bad book, like a cliche book. All my favorite characters. Anyway, they discover a uh, what looks like a casino and then. They have a fun discussion with the bellboy. You'll have to go to the front desk. Very good. We'll start with that. How do they know what front desk is? <laughs> I mean, they have hotels. These are vacation planet connoisseur. Captain, we're approaching the ancient front desk. Captain, I was incorrect about this not being a vacation planet. <laughs> there is a hotel. Welcome, gentlemen. Have a nice trip. What's his name? He's a hell of a let character me, actor. Let me dig into it. I'll tell you right now. It. All right. It is. Oh, I want to be impressed if you can come up. Sam with Anderson. Right. Um, That's his name. I don't know. I'm not on the page yet. Uh, he has been featured in many things, up to and including this episode of Star Trek. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I did it. He's really a font of information. This guy. <laughs> Sam Anderson, Andy. What is he in? Uh, you know, they're not making it easy on me. Forrest Gump. He's Forrest. He's Forrest's uh, principal. Oh, right. That Sally Field has to has have, to mess around with. Have a good time with. Uh, Were you right on the name? Yes. Oh. Um, that's impressive. And let's see what else do we got here. He's an actor who's credited in Andy. Yeah. How many things do you think he's got credited? Thirty-five, one hundred and sixty-six. Wow, that was way under. So this is a guy that acts and acts and acts. He's was been he on the principal CSI. He's also been on in judging Amy. Just, just not just one of the guys. Was he the principal in that also? Let me scroll down that far. He is in Diagnosis Murder, Ally McBeal, Fantasy Diagnosis Island, Murder The is Pentagon good. Wars. The Pentagon Wars is also, that's a good one. I love The Pentagon Wars, actually. What is that? Pentagon Wars is a made-for-TV movie uh, that was on HBO starring Carrie Elways and, um, and Kelsey Grammer. Not me. That was me. Uh, and it is directed by my friend's dad, Richard Benjamin. Richard Benjamin's the best. Who directed one of Andy's favorite movies. My favorite year. My favorite year. Oh, we got to sit down and watch that. That's what I keep forgetting. Yep, someday we're going to do it. All right, I'm going to put that. He's in a Briscoe County Junior. He's in a 21 Jump Street. Simon and Simon. Point is, Sam Anderson has done it all. And he's here to tell the foreign investors what's what. Do you know us? 
we've been expecting you. A trio of foreign gentlemen. Yes, we're from the United Federation of Planets. Of course you are. Welcome to the Hotel Royale. Excuse me. Did Rita call? <laughs> what do you think of the music cue? You're busy. <laughs> I, I like I it. Know. It's fine. Talking about here. You know, Rita call or not. You know what the thing is? I don't even mind. All right, we're going to enter the cliches. Yeah. Where they make the most use of it is Patrick Stewart being irritated that it's also terrible. Irritated by the book when he's reading it. Yeah, it's such a terrible book. That's fine. I just think that they should have made more of it if that's what they were going to be doing. I agree. Because otherwise you're just sitting in a bad book. For your own good, you better quit thinking about Rita. Not afraid of Mickey D? Then you're a fool. Anybody with any sense is afraid of Mickey D. Frida calls. You let me know. Kid's just asking for trouble. Who's also in Lost? And was... Mickey D's gonna plant his face in the pavement. He was the elderly couple. He was both of them. That's a range. Well, That's real range. He yeah. was one. He was, he I think you know he's an unsung couple. acting hero. The same Anderson. Bernard, and I don't remember her name. These people are emitting life signs. You mean they're not alive? Then what are they? I mean, why can't they just immediately think? Are they holograms? Are they? They're not supposing anything. Yeah. beings are they machines or mere illusions designed to deceive us like not illusions they do exist but they do not register as either man or machine take this creature for example <laughs> this guy is making a meal of it he sure is the texas billionaire like did you watch the way he checked out the extra oh absolutely like, that's his business he's doing his business yeah he does not exhibit any dna structure Excuse me, son. Look who's talking. And you sound just like my ex-wife. This is Noble Winning Win- All right. Willingham. Time to get out of business. What sort of business do you suppose he is getting down to? <laughs> this guy's been in Bonanza. What He's sort of in... business? So sure. That's what Data says. That's what Lieutenant Commander Davis He's says. He's putting a comedic spin on it. There's in a ton of Rockford files. Nice. Lou Grant, Alice, um, Butch and Sundance, the early days. I don't remember him in that. It's not that great, but I was excited. Amused. Yeah, Sergeant Rita Cole. Yeah, There's roulette. There's blackjack. There's everything I love. You're new around here, aren't you? Yes, sir. Sit down. I'm going to teach you how this game is played, boy. We had any up. Oh, boy. <laughs> he wants you to cut the cards. Huh. Is this poker? No, no, blackjack. Blackjack. Access. Huh. Also known as 21, a number which defines the object of the game. Picture cards are worth 10. Aces, one, Now they 11. play this scene All other cards face as value. though Data does right. card count. But right. he just sat down, so this is 
implausible, correct? What do you mean? Well, I feel like they play it like he sits down and then he's going to start winning immediately. But he only really would be able to sit down and start winning if he was had been watching the game for a while, right? Not necessarily. I mean, if he sits down just with the uh, basic math understanding of it all and he knows that his... Well, he's only going to get just under 50% uh, probability. I know, but he then, has right? to get closest to 21 and he knows that, you know, hmm. the object is either to bust or get closest to 21 because you're not... He'll be he an average player at best, well, though. No, I think Dad would be pretty good at blackjack. Well, yes, as good as you can be at blackjack. He'd if probably you know, be the basic. best blackjack player in the Federation. That's well, what I'm he saying. he would be if he had been watching the game for a while, but he wouldn't be. It's a brand new deck. That's what, can you card count at the top of a deck? I mean, you can know that all the tens are still in there. Yeah, but that's this is like the first hands. I don't have a problem with this as a gambler and as a computer. I'm walking out. Well, I hope you enjoyed Star Trek: The Next Conversation. <laughs> was bound to end eventually. I just didn't think it would be over this scene. <laughs> Mainly conducting research and... Save it. We're getting out of here. Understood, sir. Guys, I hold it up the game. Our apologies, sir. I'll watch the chips. Oh, thank He's you, being a real horn dog with this lady. The hat. Now, that's an affectation, Sorry, right? Data yeah, wouldn't uh, have forgotten that he was wearing much. a hat. He might have, and then I also think the big affectation is not him giving the hat back. It's more of Data going, ah. Right. <laughs> he wouldn't have forgotten, though. Data doesn't forget, does he? A Data never forgets. Progress. We don't We've know. accessed the range of encoding scheme alters. The difficulty is in the frequency He's just range, messing with and the them. interference is highly variable. See, the problem may be with the envelope covering the structure. There are hydrogen-carbon helix patterns throughout. And the transmissions are simply scattered and refracted at random. No wonder you can't get through. Exactly. Those are some fairly aggressive computations, Lieutenant. I'm comparing the molecular integrity of that bubble against our phasers. Is penetration possible? I don't know just yet. It may be an option. This scene is meaningless techno babble. It is. It has no momentum on the plot. Yeah. It does nothing. Does nothing but probably annoy the actors that they have to remember this. This is the... I don't think this is the first time, but I feel like I was a little bit thrown that Troy could sense... Single person on planet? Yeah, this is what... But I buy it with Will it is being feeling I buy all it the way on the planet. Riker. Oh, I buy they're it connected. They're okay, all right. That's what... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it, Andy. I'm going to buy it for, for $5. Uh-huh. And one cent. That penny donated, of course, to us by the President's Circle member who gave us one penny. <laughs> don't, don't give that guy credit. I can tell. <laughs> that guy ain't my president. <laughs> I'm having a hard time like establishing what year it's supposed to be. In it's very vague. Because the a lot of the clothes people are wearing are 80s clothes. Honestly, I feel like the whole thing is aimed to be basically be a piece of the action from original series. Or what's the new one? The one from Next Generation that we watched in the holodeck? Oh, uh, Dixon Hill? Yes. It's uh, like supposed to be one of those. And so that's why all these people are talking like that. And they're saying that they're speaking cliches. Well, Andy, the story was supposed to be real. Surreal? Burreal. Burreal. <laughs> supposed that's, to be that's the surreal. Most surreal is the burial ones. But if it comes across as merely unfocused, it's not surprising. The name of the writer, Keith Mills, is a pseudonym for Tracy Torme, who removed his name after Maurice Hurley objected to its surrealism, comedy, and sub, uh, subtle satire. 
Hurley later said he thought it too derivative of the copycat aliens in the original Trek episode, A Piece of the Action. The original story was good, but it was a budget buster, according to Cliff Bull. Later, Bull was reminded of his years directing Vegas when the Royale script took a budget cut that resulted in a casino built out of curtains and some tricks. It really does feel low yeah. rent, the whole thing. To dis- This dispute led Torme to leave active staff duty and take on a looser, non-exclusive role as a creative consultant with a commitment to just three more episodes. He would complete only one, Manhunt. I don't want that guy around the office. He's ruined everything with his comedy and his surrealness. Uh, The original draft of the Royale was completed on January 10th, one of two scripts that had won Torme's staff job on uh, TNG's first season. The astronaut survivor was actually the last of his crew of seven to die. His image was then kept alive in his macabre setting to be entertained by the captured Enterprise party. In the end... As with Pike and Vina in the original Trek plot, The Cage, a dead away team crew woman is retained to keep the astronaut company after the unseen casino manager agrees to tell the story and release the crew. That seems weird. In the early draft, Dr. Pulaski at one point was supposed to say, I'm a doctor, not a magician, barking back to DeForest Kelly's Dr. McCoy. But this line was lost in the revision. <laughs> That's the greatest crime of all. Um, yeah, it's interesting that it, the, that thing is stated about the uh, the budget for the episode because it really it did. When you're in these situations, particularly in a, in a show where you have to do a whole different environment every episode, you can. Uh, there's always a lot of debates about which episodes we're going to put more money in and whether we can get away with putting less in mm-hmm. and this is definitely an example of when you're watching it's just like i just feel like i'm not at the place <laughs> i feel like i'm in a, a terrible set that someone made up which i guess you could argue fits the aliens making a terrible version of it but yeah i mean they're not really supposed to know what a casino is going to look like yeah i don't know so they try to leave and they come back in and there's just not a lot to really pull because this a lot of the same beats yeah excuse I wonder if that lady got an under five for making that noise (laughs) say I was wondering if you could tell me that doesn't make any sense. It's why like they're they ghosts. Why aren't they communicating with them? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. It's to make it more spooky. But if the aliens had built it... Worf is going to try and punch through a wall. With a, with a fazer. Anyway. Um, I don't know if it's later. Oh, I think it's it's once they find the dead guy. Sir, I can find no other exits. I believe we are trapped here. You know, it's interesting because also another critical writing error in this in this episode, the whole first half of the show, like Picard's like, well, we'll just beam him out, and and uh, Troy's like, well, I'm in, you know, I'm in contact. I feel 
uh, Riker's emotions, he's fine. And that is the problem. Even now they're trapped and there's no immediate danger. Like they should have had that somebody, like one of them was supposed to die unless they figure their way out, which is another problem. They should have made one of them the main character that was in danger. And then they figure their way out at the end. Right, like they should have made Riker the bellboy or something. Exactly. Um, and then they could have engaged them more. They would have had them be involved in the romantic plot. Want, you know, date or somebody could have been kissed. That is a better fix. You know um, what, Andy? Yeah. If I think there's actually, I think one of the stages here is a is a time portal to Paramount in the late '80s. Yeah. So I think we should go. You know, it'd be funny is if we went back and we pitched that, and then uh, Hurley was like, "No, I don't like it. I like it simple, where the where the where the away team is just sort of standing just outside the action. That's what you do in a procedural. You know, in a procedural, the cops come in and they're not part of their lives. They just come in and they talk about what happened in the other people's lives." Maurice, yeah, you suck. But no, I, I'm the, I'm the. They saw call me a co-executive producer, but I'm in charge. I'm the showrunner. I gotta go. The cuckoo birds calling me. Cuckoo birds. Captain, the situation down there has changed. In what way? Commander Riker has become tense. Closed in, he's feeling trapped. Is he in danger? No. Not immediate danger. All right, I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> Phases are totally ineffective on all surfaces. Even so people. Morph. We don't have any. <laughs> we had com- confirmed that they weren't living beings, Worf. <laughs> you can beat on these people and beat on them, and they have no effect. Are you crazy? Wrong. I'm finally getting some smarts. You think you're going to scare Mickey D with that gun? I'm going to make him leave Rita alone. Also, how is this less different than a piece of the action? Not anymore. Not after tonight. Look, kid, I like you. I don't want to see you get hurt. This is a shot of Jonathan Frakes standing out of focus between these two characters talking, just sort of listening. He's nothing. A computer. Really? Yeah. So this so has to like, be the eighties. Oh. What a weird mix of things. <laughs> What's the answer? I'm sure the concierge will be. We'd like to get out of here now. The Royale's exits are clearly marked. That's not good enough. If you have a complaint about the service you've received, I like that he says that's not good enough as opposed to just oh show it to me. uh, Yeah, show me which exit. (laughs) uh, uh, Besides the front, could I use another exit? Right. Boy, we're problem solvers, left and right. I do like this scene where they come upon the dead astronaut. This is amazing, and this is this. They where is this? Like halfway through the show? This should have been at the one quarter mark. This is uh yeah, it is almost exactly halfway through. Are you getting any life signs? None, sir. The way that Riker pulls this sheet off is insane. Look! And your husband is gone! The trick worked! I'm a doctor, not a magician. human. Male. Looks like the poor devil died in his sleep. Don't gotta call me a devil. A terrible way to die. Love that. I'm pausing the wrong thing. I have two computers in front of me. Oh. 283 years, sir. The lack of any advanced decomposition 
is due to the sterile environment. Why would anyone go to all this trouble? It's just window dressing for a dead man. Commander. Is this significant, sir? <laughs> Data wouldn't know what that was. 52 stars, sir. Now, this I found fascinating, and I looked it up, and I couldn't. 2079 AD. Uh, what, what are the other two states? Oh, in the future? Yeah. It could be anything from Puerto Rico to Washington, D.C. Huh. I'd like to know. I think that would have been Guam. interesting. It never, it doesn't seem to be in part of Star Trek canon. In the oh, what, future. the other two states are? No. Yeah. No. But I just assume. I've always assumed, Andy. That's never bothered me. But I love that scene. It's just super creepy finding the corpse. This guy's been surrounded by automatons his whole life until he dies. Weird thing also for him to say. What's that? Commander. Some curiosities. Oh, I didn't <laughs> When he that. picks up the books, it's crazy. <laughs> books. A novel. Hotel Royale. Summarize, please. They also could have done it more like a Groundhog Day thing. Sure. Information retrieved, the Captain. plot just keeps repeating. And I thought that's what they were going to do. Number one. Go ahead, Captain. We have the information you requested. Colonel Stephen Ritchie was the commanding officer of the explorer ship Charybdis, which had a terrestrial launch date of July 23rd, 2037. It was the third manned attempt to travel beyond the confines of Earth's solar system. Its telemetry failed. It was never heard from again. Do you believe that you've discovered the remains of Colonel Ritchie? Yes. Captain, we found something else, a novel by Todd Matthews, entitled Hotel Royale, which is the name of this structure. Data. Captain, this is the story of a group of compulsive gamblers caught up in a web of crime, corruption, and deceit. It is told by nefarious Lothario, Mickey D., who <laughs> appears only at the climax of the story to carry out the cold-blooded murder of the hotel bellboy. There is also a subplot about an older man conspiring with a younger woman to murder her husband. She is squandering her inheritance. Captain, this novel and everything David just described seems to be exactly what's happening at this hotel. Extraordinary. There's also one other thing, a diary with only one entry. Obviously made by Colonel Ritchie. Can you read it? So yes. exposition-y. I write this in the hope that it will someday be read by human eyes. I could only surmise at this point, but apparently... Our exploratory shuttle was contaminated by an alien life form, which infected and killed all personnel except myself. I awakened to find myself here in the Royale Hotel, precisely as described in the novel I found in my room. And for the last 38 years, I have survived here. I have come to understand that the alien contaminators created this place for me out of some sense of guilt. Presuming that the novel we had on board the shuttle about the Hotel Royale How would you was, in fact, that? a guide to our preferred lifestyle and social habits. After 38 years, maybe he figured out how to talk to these beings. Why didn't he just tell them, can you send me home? Good question. <laughs> Obviously, they thought this was the world from which I came. I hold no malice toward my benefactors. They could not possibly know the hell that they have put me through. For it was such a badly written book filled with endless cliché and shallow characters. I shall welcome death when it comes. This is great. I think. Yeah. It's spooky. I understand, number one. Now we know why all that is there. Why can't you get out? We didn't really find that out, do we? 
they just decide that they have to finish out the novel by being the foreign investors. Oh, I guess they're not letting the foreign investors leave until they... But then what was this guy playing? He's only one person. That's a great question. <laughs> Worf picking up the phone. It does have moments of yes. entertaining this. Yes? <laughs> Michael Dorn... There is a female voice asking if we want room service. <laughs> I believe she is asking if we want the room cleaned. Tell her no. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? She said the kitchen will be open 24 hours if we change our minds. I feel like I could have watched a whole episode of them just dealing with menial stuff in a hotel. Keep a calm line open. I mean, that little vignette is part of what makes Star Trek IV so enjoyable. 100%. You know. Um, and I'm, I don't you think fish I'm, out of waters. Am I going out on a limb to say, it's definitely next water. generation, Michael Dorn is the most competent comedic actor? Oh, you! Uh, wherever Brent Spiner is, he—you uh, just shot an arrow at his heart. I know, <laughs> but that's the thing. I think Brent Spiner has more range comedically, uh-huh. but it's—it's it's his. He just—he doesn't use as much uh, control on his on his choices. He kind of he kind of goes for it a little bit just slightly too much and i think it just stems from his perception also, of what data I think he is imbues, to be. he imbues data with a little more knowledge than data should have do you know what i mean i don't like he he acts he performs as data in a way that makes it seem like data would know you know for instance to react to jordy last week getting zapped by the controls uh-huh. to react like a Right. Like he imbues data with too much of that. But that's what I'm saying. Too that's, much of the uh, Finn Force Awakensness. That that to me is like it's too, it's not like it's not enough control on on the he should just draw it pull it back a little bit cuz he's he's obviously a very gifted actor. It's just yeah. Well, let's hear what uh Cat Picard thinks about this book. And the solution within its pages. Ah. It was a dark and stormy night. Not a promising beginning. That may stand corrected. Make it better. <laughs> Patrick Stewart is pretty amazing when they give him a chance. I mean, just the face he's making. His <laughs> reading is delightful. Was... I suggest we separate and blend in with these beings. Casual queries offered inconspicuously might prove fruitful. Data. Warf doesn't want to be. Warf doesn't want to be left alone. No. I think that have I have I proposed the theory yet that Worf has a little bit of social anxiety? Uh, sounds familiar, but maybe not. Worf has a little bit of social anxiety. Boy, if only there was some sort of jingle that would let me know what just happened. Andy's theory. Wow, that's, we, we're using some. We're pulling out some old stuff yeah, here. The quick ones. I 
we spend an enormous amount of time with this Texan trying to sleep with this blonde lady. Um, yeah. Basically trying to emotionally pressure this. Count your chips at the table. Yeah? Excuse me, sir. Might I inquire, where are you from? Lubbock, Texas. And how did you get here? Vegas. Drove my car. I got a 91 Caddy with only 80,000 miles on it. A 91 Caddy. So it's the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) That is weird. Totally weird. I suppose. What the hell difference does it make? Could you take me there? Hit me. I'm losing my shirt. Son, why would I want to do that? Did you see I'm trying to help this little lady? I believe you are trapped inside the Royale, just as I am. Sure don't seem that way when you're losing, don't it? We're just trying to turn this lady wagon around and win back some lost change. Otherwise, she's in a desperate situation and she got nowhere to turn. Well, almost nowhere. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm a terrible person. I stay, right? I would. The odds favor standing pat. <laughs> what do I do? Do you want a card or not? Hit me. Oh, too many. The odds do not favor standing pat when the dealer's showing a king and you have 13. Oh, yeah, that's Hit. true. Data, come on. Unless Data's counter-counting and, and we don't know it. He could have been observing everything. Mickey D finally shows up. This, this is, is this Vanessa, is. and she later shows up in Deep Space Nine as Shalon Arroya. Sure. It's kind of Batman-y music. Old-time old Batman. I bet it was fun for the composer to be like, oh, okay, I can do this now. Instead of, you know... Finally, I can use my music. (laughs) You were told it's not for you to make the call. It's for Rita. She sent me to tell you. Okay, boys, look, we can't afford to have any trouble in here. Why don't you just take this outside? Yeah, I like that. It's a weird on, casting for Mickey man. D. That's you, and me you think so? Outside. He's not threatening. When He's... I was a kid, I used to look up to you guys. The suit, the fancy shoes. I really thought that made you somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, what, what is that, that mark? Because we should have them look at it. Uh, it is uh, essentially around the 34 minute, 30 seconds uh Point. Treat yourself to his uh, Treat yourself his slow to burn, little Patrick take. Stewart. Patrick Stewart's uh, being a masterful there. Being a Patrick Stewart. No squib. That's disappointing. Oh yeah. Couldn't spring for the squib. I don't know how in the concept of the book this guy just can walk out. It's Mickey D. You don't mess with Mickey D. It's Vegas. Could be under protection. Should have listened to me, kid. No woman's worth dying for. Killing for. Not dying for. And we're trapped in a terrible book. 
And then I want us to have to watch all of the book's dialogue very slowly. Yeah, I've written a book. <laughs> Break to Enterprise. Yes, number one. Bizarre incident just took place. The shootout between the bellboy and Mickey D. Yes, and Mickey D just walked out the door. How did he do that? He's a character. He can walk out it's of this dumb door. 244. In the novel, right? How does it end? It'll be really funny. Is if when they get out at the end, <laughs> Mickey D's just sort of standing there. Like, oh, hey. Hi. I just stand uh, out wait here. Wait until I have to go in and shoot the kid. Um, just chilling. Anyway. You guys want to play with my fake gun? <laughs> Bad love affair. And- we used to have squibs, but uh, budget cuts here at the Royale. Yeah, my name's uh, actually Greg Beecroft. I only have uh, five other parts in the course of my career. Yeah, but hotel uh, gets bought out, and life goes on, such as it is. The hotel gets bought? By whom? It isn't specific. It simply refers to foreign investors. Sale price, $12.5 million United States dollars. They return home. pretty good for a casino. the assistant manager in charge. Would you buy a casino if it would... You get for twelve and a half million. Yeah, it's a fucking profit machine. Captain, let's open a casino, man. That's how we're getting out. It'd be a real dumb dumb not to be able to open a successful and run a casino. Like to get a casino to go bankrupt, especially in a place like Atlantic City, you'd have to be so foolish. Matt and I are interested in opening a themed casino that is part next generation, we are? part uh, James Bond, and uh, part Star Wars. Seems uh, like a weird casino, but I'm on board for it. Um, part Buck Rogers. <laughs> All right. I feel like we're going to have one unsuccessful land. <laughs> With eight variations possible to create those totals, Part the, prisoner. the likelihood of those totals occurring is not significant. However... Okay, okay. Can you do it? I believe so, sir. This is so long, this sequence. It's insane. Eight's a point. Eight are from Decatur. County C to Y. Do it, do it. Ah, snake eye. Single digits on each cube are not at all desirable. You're almost broke. Relax, honey, it's only money. Yeah, but if you lose it all, I won't even have a place to sleep. Don't you worry your little head, honey. I'd never let that happen. So she's already established that she's going to be coming home with him. Let's go, babe. Let's go. I love how closely you're following this storyline, Andy. I feel bad for her. (laughs) Go to work. Maybe this turkey will bring us some luck. Six. Six is your number. Hell, my blind grandma can make a six, boy. Come on, roll them. I thought seven and eleven had value. Actually, six is a valid point. Of course, now the objective is to roll a duplicate six before hitting seven. This is crap, the everybody. The probability of making a six is no greater than that of rolling a seven. I want all the games, casino games, to be explained in detail. Have at least two and a half minutes of dialogue on each. Yeah. First, we do... But we're doing Blackjack. a TV show. It's called Star Trek? Uh-huh. Why should we devote this many the, pages to you're explaining... You're like cuckoo bird right now. I don't know what's going on. You're fired! You're fired, whoever you are! Get out! Again. I'm fired again. <laughs> oh, man... <laughs> Uh, I am very sorry about the messages, everybody, and I'm gonna make sure that that doesn't happen again. Uh, and uh, done. 
right? Sorry, we're, my work computer is not really set up for Star Trek. <laughs> seven, seven away. Next shooter. So much for your new turkey. Give Slick another shot. I got a fever. I gotta say, I don't boy. think Jill Jacobson is doing a swell voice there. Commander, these cubes are improperly balanced. I believe their final resting position would be Can a to repair them. I believe so. Riker seems to be the only one who's aware of the pace of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Can we stop talking about it and just do whatever the next thing is? New pair of shoes. Like that, like that. I that was okay though, because at least organically, data. Sure, if he's trying to fit in, is accessing his database and now the smile is too much. Seven is what you want, right? Well, it depends. If you're setting. No, no, but point. I'm saying if you're if you're going if you're if you if, when you're setting your number, yeah, you want a seven because that's the most likely number to roll. But I don't think you can set a seven. You just win on a seven. It's not a point. Yeah, you can. I guess I don't know. Somebody I've else would know better. I've only played craps once. If you hit seven or eleven, you win, win instantly unless you set the point first. But now we're doing the same thing. In the episode. Oh, gotta go. <laughs> can you fix it, Andy? <laughs> go ahead. Oh, Status boy. number one. The card is just Better sitting there the whole time. Captain. Don't get out of character, Commander. Sir? The foreign investors in the book are described as flamboyantly generous. Yes, sir. I understand. I'm going to go and hire some prostitutes. Mm-hmm. That's not what I mean, number one. Oh, they got the... The chips out, the cards out. You're okay, Eric. Come on in. Isn't that enough? No. I don't want to come up short. You are keeping count. Yes, sir. Twelve point three million. Perhaps I will bet seven hundred thousand. Manager's not happy. No, bet at all. But We're watching Star Trek and talking about it, Eric. It's part of our podcast. Spreading around money data. That's why there's sir? moments of silence while we're staring. This is also Eric's office. Something for you, Ziggy. To run this outside, give it to the parking lot attendants. You're very kind, sir. It's not a great episode, Eric. Here you go, Vanessa. A little something for you, too. Thank you. Of either Star Trek or this podcast. Everybody rides. I'm going to say that for now on. When the train comes in, everybody rides. That is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a great saying. Sure. And why does why does Riker know that saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a valid, it's a valid question. Uh, all right. I mean, this guy is a fool. He should totally be betting with data. It's bizarre. And he, then there's a whole thing where he blames him. Like, why are we spending time on this? Hey, that's what horse racing's about. There's a whole discussion here where he's going to disagree with data. Data does the same joke where the same joke. They stop for to hold out the dice for the girl to blow on them again. They already did that joke. And now they spend more time with the Texan being upset. By the way, why weren't the dice changed out? You just let me go down the tube. I tried to caution you, sir. What was it? I mean, was it personal or or what? Because I didn't show him a car. 30 seconds of fucking story time. I wish to cash in, sir. 
I'm afraid you've broken the bank. Just take 12.5 million, the purchase price of this hotel, and spread the rest around. So I'm going to take it then. Is that what you You're mean? the foreign investors. That's right. He called them the foreign investors at the top. Lock, stock, and barrel. Foreign. No, he just called them from out of town. I thought he called them the foreign investors no. at the top. Consider it a done deal. Hell, like you fellas. You got style. Let me buy you guys a drink. Just enjoy the game. Don't let them change the dice on you. You got it. You know, you took uh, Eric's chair. He's not happy about it. Tough luck, Eric. I'm sorry. Do you want your chair back here? <laughs> He's got to get a drink out of the fridge. Stop being a dick, Andy. I'm sorry. The way you come in here, just like acting like you own the place, forgetting that I have to share this office with my partner, Eric. I tried to do it in my the office. The world famous Matt. dragon from MTV. Really? I didn't realize that was who we were dealing with. Starting <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eric's Twitter follow is going to go through the roof He's not on Twitter He's not on Twitter It's very strange <laughs> Anyway uh, Andy that's the end of the episode Essentially they get out because they buy the hotel Uh huh That's right Eric I'm talking about a Star Trek episode Where they get out because they buy the hotel That's I, how bad the episode is That's the plot of this right Two yeah. And that's an improvement from season one. Right? Sure is. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Um, the slowness... It's not even like the... It's like it holds together. It's like it's a cohesive story. It's just so slow and uninventive. Right. And it's like he... I don't know what Hurley was switching away from that he thought this would be more original. Star Trek's done this like three times. Uh, you know what? It's It's... <sighs> It's a bad episode. Fun to watch. Uh, let's give it the Andy so we can get back to work because it is uh, a little past our break time. Here we go. God, this is actually tough. I'm uh, eliminating everybody on the ship immediately. Okay. All right. And I'm just, we have to choose between Riker, uh-huh. Data, and Worf. got to be data because he fixes the dice right does does Riker make any command decisions that he tells data to stop talking about craps move <laughs> the story along so he's sort of our MVC the yeah. audience's MVC yes holy <laughs> um I don't know man yeah I, I'm giving it to data okay um there's no one else who does anything, I think. So I guess we got to give it to Data. I don't, I don't have to. But that is, he is of, of the... Of we the, are forced to give it to Data. Of the, of the crew members that are not that valuable, he is the one that is the least not valuable. That's right. And uh, I'm excited about it. So, Data, congratulations. I love that one. I know. Uh... Andy, Sound who would you like Joe to go Garcia. first here? You always get the choice. Joe Garcia sent one, sent us that one. Um, let's see. Huh, this is a tough one because I don't think it's abominable. It's like the acting's fine and it's it has the semblance of a cool idea. Yeah, it does. It does have the seed. It has the nugget. 
like a almost like a like a dinner episode of the Goldbergs. I kind of almost want to reserve the when going below a two for sure. the ones that are just yeah offensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like this is offensive. It's just not good. There's a few of those. I'm gonna there. give it a two. You're gonna give it a two, mm-hmm. uh, Andy. This is this is one of the rare occasions where you hit it exactly right. It is a two. I did it. I won. <laughs> what did I get? <laughs> you get to watch Times Squared with me next week. Exciting. Uh, let's go ahead and see, or rather, hear the trailer to Times Squared. Season two. And I'm going to say, when, when you show the trailer. Yeah. Oh, but you have to have refreshed your memory on some of these. I was going to say, when you show the trailer, you should tell us tell them whether to uh, watch it or not. But you, sometimes you don't remember. I, oh, well, I'll say right now, I remember liking Times Squared okay. as a kid. Um, mostly because I like uh, time episodes. Uh-huh. So let's see. Let's see what the trailer has to offer for us here. Of course, thank you to TrekCore.com for having next these time, trailers. On Star Trek, the next generation, Captain Picard's identical twin from the future traps the Enterprise in a deadly time warp. The Enterprise was destroyed three hours and 19 minutes from now. We can't escape. We can't go forward. No. Now, can they stop their own himself? destruction? I can't hold it any longer. It's a desperate fight to escape total annihilation. On Star Trek, the next generation. That's right. There is a there is a Captain Picard arrives in a shuttlecraft from the future, mm. and uh, I remember it being. I remember enjoying it. That's all I'll say. I remember enjoying it. So, everybody, I'm going to say watch it. See if I was right as a child. <laughs> Interesting. All right, Andy. Anything to promote? You got a swarm no, show coming up. You got a you swarm got a- show first uh, every Saturday. Uh, every first Saturday of the month. So you had uh, it last week, right? UCB, no, it's tonight. Oh, great. Uh, it's tomorrow night. Well, you already missed it, everybody. <laughs> UCB <laughs> Sunset um, at 9 p.m. And every Friday I do soundtrack at 9.30 p.m. Uh, if you want to drop us a, a tweet or an Instagram, um, it's at Star Trek TNC. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 816 Trek TNC. I'm at Secunda. I'm at Matt Meyer, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we got to get back to the room. So we're going to beam out together. Oh, and our, our email is uh, sttncpod at gmail.com. Disengage.